Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi, Tim. Hi, Dustin. Welcome back. Welcome back to life. We've been away. A reality. A, a, the holidays have been rough. We've had two holidays. We've had um, uh, cat issues and, cat and issues, a, funeral. a funeral. It's been a pretty... It has not been as long as it's felt. Uh, yes. It, but it has been a while. And so this is Apocalypse Now. Right. Uh, we are back. Um, sure we and are. this is 2017. This is the first show of the new year. Congratulations on making it. Yeah. <laughs> those and, of you who did. Uh, like we, for those of you who listened to the last few episodes, we, we've there are some new changes to the format. Right. Um, we're releasing the show on Tuesdays now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no we, matter what. No matter what. So we're recording it on Sundays, releasing it on Tuesdays. Sunday, of course, is the Walking Dead nights. Mm-hmm. And of course, we review the Walking Dead's shows uh both of which are off the air currently they're in yes. their breaks uh and we are watching teen wolf instead and well i would be watching teen wolf anyway right because i love that show but tim sits on the couch now and looks at me <laughs> like i've never seen this person before in my life how did i become friends with a person who no 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 so, and here's the here's the thing about the show is that for oddly enough I'm finding myself enjoying it, but at the same time, I am troubled and confused by many of the things that the people on the shows are doing. Well, see, and you've had, I've had six years to get used to that because there's a certain level of, sure, okay, (laughs) yes, I accept this as my reality that comes along with watching TV. Right. When you're just dropped into the middle of it. Yeah. That can be a problem. So there are a lot of characters that basically I keep leaning over and going, who is this? Yeah. What's and what do they do? How? They're a what? <laughs> <laughs> a what a what? Um, but this this week, uh, we sat down um, and we watched two episodes back to back. So it was Ghosted. Yes. And Heartless. And these are mm-hmm. all part of the Styles Has Gone Missing. Um, and the, the Wild Hunt. Right. The Ghost Riders are taking people. And... And usually, when the Ghost Riders take someone, they're erased from memory completely um, through some magic machinations. Our main characters are not have the ability to remember people that are taken. To the power of love, apparently. Yes. Yes. Power of CB radios. <laughs> well, no. Every person who is taken leaves something behind. Right. Like, most things are erased, but one thing, like, one vital piece of who they are is left behind. And if you can find that one vital piece of who they are, then your memory of that person will be sparked. Uh, for Styles, it was his Jeep. The They found the Jeep just about the time he was fiddling around with the magic radio and the magic train station. Right, where may yes. or may not be kept. Mm in a reality sort of sense, or a metaphysical plane sort of sense, it's not 100% clear, but they were able to connect through the Jeep and become uh, memory raised again. 
But um, there are other people that they remember now as well. Right. So Styles' father uh, does not remember him, but Styles' mother, who is dead in uh, previous episodes, yes, uh, is alive again. Um, Claudia. Claudia. So it is. There's a fair amount going on that we that we we covered a lot in in the previous yeah. episode we did on this. Um, here they go to this town of Canaan. Yes, this is in in Ghosted. They in go Ghosted, to Canaan right. to try and figure out what happened because Canaan is the town that Styles uh, said to them over the CB radio, "Look for Canaan." Um, I immediately went to the Bible story of Canaan. Oh, sure. And I was like, mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to take a little jaunt to the Middle East. But no, instead we go to a town which is completely abandoned thirty years ago. That is yet very, very close. It is a short yes. car ride away for teenagers to go. And doesn't just... doesn't stop Scotty from falling asleep in the back seat. Right. Which is like just just so typical Scotty. Like <laughs> he cannot do any like he just like oh okay I'm just gonna fall asleep in the back seat of my car. Hey guys, we made it there. The girls are driving, they're like, Yeah, Scott, we're here. <laughs> well, it's uh... Okay, this is one of the things where I just kind of look at the screen and go, okay, because mm-hmm. A, there's just a completely abandoned town. Uh, well, remember. Brief dri- driving distance. Once the ghost riders take you, you are erased from memory. If they take a whole town. Well, they took the people from the town. The town is still there. Mm-hmm. So, but not only that, we come into town and I'm looking at this town and going, 30 years, huh? That's not what 30 years of abandoned town look like. That's not what five years of abandoned town looks like. Uh, there is fresh red blood on the Carousel of Doom, um, which Dustin's like, oh, yeah, didn't we rent out a carousel to somebody? Yeah. Can you get that back? Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, okay, so so what had, what had happened was yeah. the Ghost Riders came in the middle of a town carnival and there was a they that's when they came to take the final people from Canaan, the final group. It appeared to be a lot of people. Oh yeah, it's, it was not a small group, including a skateboarder uh, <laughs> who just failed to outrun the supernatural creatures on his skateboard, which was enjoyable, just delightful <laughs> from for me. multiple angles. <laughs> yes, they they thought that was great. They thought that whole situation uh, was wonderful. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, every time we saw him, Dustin's over here going on his skateboard, <laughs> on his skateboard. Yeah. So, um, but they leave a woman behind. Yes, and, and that's how Lydia is able to connect with Kanan. Was this woman was left behind because it turns out that she is also a banshee. Yes, and as I discussed earlier. One of the best things about this show is that there are banshees on it besides Lydia. Unfortunately, they can't help Lydia in any way because banshee powers drive you crazy. Right. And this woman is no exception. She has gone cuckoo loco. So, yes, there's nobody in this town except for uh, this little boy that they see and this woman. They're also seeing visions. Of other um, things. And like... they're getting flashbacks to, to, or not flashbacks so much as trauma. Yeah. Um, Theo, who is a character I knew nothing about, except he was the villain from last season. Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, he is a deadpan snarker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything that we see in the next episode, Heartless, makes me think that 
he was they killed him because he was right most of the time which is probably not the well, thing you want in the bad guy i guess well at least okay at least at least in this episode every time he had something to say he was correct we'll get to we'll okay get we'll to get to that in a minute when we get to heartless yeah. so he shows up in ghosted and shoots malia which he actually did last season as well right so her her mother and sister was that who they, he killed yeah no no Malia, when she first... Okay. <sighs> so, Malia is a were-coyote. Right. And her mother is this creature called the, uh, the the Desert Wolf, who's an assassin. And apparently, when were-coyotes give birth, they give part of their natural power to their offspring. Okay, sure. And so, Malia... The desert wolf, when Leah was a little girl, came to kill her to get her power back. And in killing her, she's trying to kill her. Malia's natural defenses awoke, and her were coyote powers activated. And she ended up accidentally. She turns into a coyote. She's not like the other. She's a true shapeshifter. She's sure. not like the other were creatures on the show that just like their faces get bumpy and hair sprouts out of their right, temples yeah. or whatever. Um, she turned into a coyote in the car with her mother and her sister in it. Mm -hmm. And this caused a car accident that killed the mother and the sister. Uh -huh. okay. uh, and Malia feels a lot of guilt about that, as you sure, would. Sure, sure, of course. And she ended up living for like 10 years out in the woods as a physical coyote. Right, and then she goes to high school. Right, and now she goes to high school and she's graduating <laughs> with no problems. So last season, Theo, so Malia sees this vision of her mother and her sister like lying out on the grass dead. Mm -hmm. And she walks over to them and Theo shows up behind her with a shotgun and shoots her. So it's double trauma, two different traumas that she But it's had. all in her head. Yes. Um, just as the, uh, uh, the vision that Scott has of his mother basically with, having like the back of her head ripped open. Yeah, which scares me a lot because... Um, there's a creature running around town, uh, we find out in Heartless Who It Is, a creature running around town eating the perineal gland out of the back of people's head. So, keep in mind that basically you have a serial killer running around town, ripping up the back of people's skulls and taking out a piece of their brain. And that's the B-plot. Yes. And really, they've been kind of ignoring. They've been kind of ignoring it. It's been going on in the background because they didn't think it had anything to do with supernatural creatures. You know, but at the same time, as a citizen of this town, wouldn't you want to sit there and go, "No, no, that's okay. No, it's not supernatural things. That's not. We're not going to worry about it." But if that's you, a... but but wait, you got to. But also remember <laughs> that right now our supernatural heroes are dealing with like zombie cowboys who erase people from existence i'm just saying so it's a hard like, thing to like just let go to let, the, let you know. the, let's let the police handle the serial killer while we try and keep people from getting Wait, erased the from existence the police who has a son who doesn't exist anymore yes that's okay. sheriff Stalinsky. Uh -huh, i'm sure a, right okay and his his group of keystone cops he <laughs> seriously over the last five years he has not solved a single hell case without the help of supernatural teenagers so like it's funny that they thought that they could deal with this this brain-eating serial killer without them but <laughs> 
There's oh. a lot. There's a lot on the plate for okay, the people. So sure. anyway, they're having all these visions, but they find this woman, and her name was what, Lenore or something? Yeah, Lenore. And uh, and she is the woman who invites you into her house, and as soon as she says, why don't you come in and have some lemonade, you turn around and run. run. You run. You run, run as forever. fast and as far as you can go. But they don't. They don't, because they're... Not very bright. Mm, they're teenagers. Okay. Uh, and they're supernatural, they're supernatural teenagers, teenagers investigating the case. <laughs> they're on the case. It's the Scooby-Doo gang. And... <laughs> so, but I have to stop here and say one of my favorite, favorite things about this show is the way that they pose the characters. Oh, God. There's so much posing. They do. They stand, they stand so dramatically. Like, such like perfect like. Oh, the know. angles are really good. I mean, the blocking is fantastic. Blocking on the show, you've got to give the the credit for the blocking. And on the show. I think <laughs> that the set design is perfect. You had some issues with with the yeah, 80s oh, no, it, it, of it. Okay, all right. Uh, Silent Hill, yes. yeah, the first Silent Hill movie, right? So you have the 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 level of decay where it actually looks like it had been abandoned for a really long time. Mm -hmm. This looks like they had a bad winter. Mm. I mean, it's not even five years worth of. I mean, they got the right cars. Did you get the right VCR? I, there was a VCR. Then I'm like, that's not a nineteen. Oh, it was a nineteen ninety seven VCR. Good for them. Great for the production design people. And I admit, okay, it would be a lot of work for one episode to make an entire town look like it was thirty years old. But there's a newspaper sitting on a park bench that they pick up, and it's like a readable thing after thirty years. It's not like warped by the rain or anything. It's just like, I'm like okay. I have to, oh, you're going to hate me. Well, sure. I don't know if you will or not, but I, I got some really bizarre looks. So one of the things that the kids got for their birthday party or for, for Christmas from their school was this book. Two of the same exact same book, the second book in the series. Mm -hmm. And so I took these, this one, one of them mm -hmm. sure. to see if I could exchange it at Barnes and Noble for the first Sure. Book in the series. So maybe we can read these books. Generally speaking, it's um, good to have the first part, yeah. And Barnes and Noble didn't sell it. So we were at Oak Park Mall and we decided to go to the uh to the to the food court for lunch. And uh while I am off getting my lunch, Cardell spills his entire soda on this book. Of course. And I've got the exact same book at home. It's upstairs now. Mm-hmm. It just wet waterlogged all the way through sure and so i took it and just tossed it in the garbage can at the food court mm -hmm. and you would have thought from the <laughs> looks that i got like I'm, I'm sure that no one no one realized that like this was a book i was trying to get rid of right sure had gone to the mall to get rid of and like and they just <laughs> saw a man Grab the book from in front of his child and throw it away. And throw it away, you monster! <laughs> just was like the look. I turned around. There's this whole this whole family sitting behind me, and they're like, you know, but the look on their face was like, what are we watching? Um, needless to say, I have had people come up to my children in public oh and be like, are you supposed to be with this person? <laughs> Anyway, when you said waterlogged, that uh, popped into my brain you hole. Just, you just need to make sure you just need to find the right time and tell the kids to sit there and go, "You're a monster, You're a monster." <laughs> well, right now I don't want to do anything uh, like no, that no, because no. they're not—they don't—they don't 
they haven't gotten to that point where they understand that I level know, of later snack. maybe in, in in high school or something yeah. we can we can we can have when that, when they're when they're old enough i would love to have the like you're not my real dad screaming it in the <laughs> middle of like like the mall or something but not yet anyway oh, yeah. so uh they're in lenora's house and she serves them weedy lemonade which malia doesn't care about because oh, she, she just raised the rules she just drinks it <laughs> and, the, and the other two are looking at her like what is wrong with you yeah um, but Lenore is is very creepy. But the child, who then shows up and says, "Come with me now." Okay, yeah. on the list of things to do, do not put on the list of things to do. Follow the creepy child who is speaking to you in more than one harmonic. Yes. Okay. If you can hear two different voices when the child says, "Come with me," especially when the child is blonde and has. The darkest, like the palest skin and the darkest dark circles around his eyes. No child who ever looks like that ever turns out to be a well-adjusted And kid. And spoiler alert, Caleb is not. He's a ghost. Because he died. He, he did. He died 30 years ago uh, um, before the Dread, the dread Doctors, the, um, the Ghost Riders showed up. Right. And well, apparently what Lenore did was... The void of losing her entire town was so strong that she conjured her son, who had been dead, who died, uh, so that she would not be so alone. And of course, being a banshee, and apparently there could be the insanity clause. Yes, uh, that goes with being a banshee. Um, did not help her either. No. So she and uh, Lydia basically had this conversation mm-hmm. where it's like, look, you know. Yes. Stop being crazy. Stop being crazy because you're going to do the same thing to me that yeah. was done to you. Same thing, yeah. I'm going to be left alone in my town. Uh, well, that's what, they're not going to take yeah. me either. Yeah, because she's a banshee, and <clears throat> apparently there's, you know, uh, you know, it's it's supernatural racism. Yeah, okay. And probably, I mean, it, uh, clearly there's a reason they don't want her. Mm-hmm. Probably because there's a screaming thing that happens. They probably don't want to be screamed at or something. I don't know. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you, some kind of banshee? Yes. Oh, well, you can't come. Anyway, uh, so they head back to town. Meanwhile, meanwhile, back at the curiously abandoned hospital. <laughs> Melissa McCall is uh, oh wow is taking care, uh, trying to uh, take care of Argent. Uh, through the use of the Niners. Niners. <laughs> so oh, apparently God. his wounds that he got from the whip, the Ghost Rider's whip, um, are making him die. And the, the doctors want to try and cut off the dead flesh and see if that'll help without telling him. Without, t- without getting permission for the surgery. It's going to happen in an hour, by the way. And we are going to, we're going to operate an hour. Let's not tell the patient. Yeah. You know what I just noticed from the wiki? Was that Angela Harvey wrote Ghosted, or she's the she's the she's the writer listed yeah. writer, and Angela Harvey is a friend. Oh, cool! Of mine, excellent. That I know faces and Facebooking should... and twits. Did she fall? Did she listen to our show? I don't know. I don't even listen to our show, Tim. Well, I know, but then you don't have to. You're here. <laughs> you're recording it. You're, you're here when we do it. So you know what it sounds like, but now we should we should uh, you should yeah, let her know might, that we're doing this. I might do that. Mm. Might do things that'll be nice. Yeah. So anyway, hi Angie and Russell McKay, who uh, uh, is of course um, a film director. He did, he did Highlander. Oh, really? Yeah, he was the first director of the first Highlander film and the second one. We don't talk about the second there Highlander film. There was no second Highlander. I know. So, film. but yeah, he directed the first one. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, 
Melissa, like Argent's like, there's these, there's this magic combination of herbs that if you <laughs> combine them in the right way, they become, they can heal problems. They of course, if you combine problems. them in the wrong way, I'll die. Right, yeah. And so she uh, takes uh, him to the dimmest lit supply closet in the hospital. And there's this great running joke among the people who watch Teen Wolf that Melissa McCall is the only person who works in this hospital. Obviously, she's the only person who works here. She And like, based on the visual evidence, I'm going to say that aside from the temp who was hired in to work the reception desk that day, the nurse's station, and uh, she is. She's the only person who's there. And, and so she's able to get away with all these things that she does wandering around the morgue and stealing patients that are about to be and the least can not well maybe not the least convincing but one of the least convincing i'm just gonna take this patient for more tests we're going on a walk <laughs> everything's fine everyone's happy don't pay any attention to this because I'm it's like what? happy oh <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway so but yeah, he, seriously, oh, very, very dimly lit supply closet where also, she's going to do this stuff. It's... Argent only knows the names of the herbs in Gaelic or Celtic or something. In Kel He says Celtic. The, uh, generally speaking, it's Gaelic, but whatever. So anyway, um, so he has <laughs> to tell her the name and then she has to Google Maps it to find <laughs> out what it is. And so then he, right before he... Um, Oh, he luckily spells it because I had a, you know, my, yeah. my family's Scottish, so Gaelic is not necessarily an easily. How do you write it down? You know? Yeah. So he he gets all of it out right, and the last thing is oh mal, oh mal, and at first she thinks that he's calling her some sort of nickname, mm -hmm. but then she realizes that like he goes by Argent, he never calls anybody by even their first name, right? And even though they've been having like like furtive hand hand holding moments and like oh they supposed glances. to be a couple no oh, okay no in fact argent was allison argent's dad who was scotty mccall's romeo and juliet love interest who was killed several oh, seasons ago so and so melissa is scott's mom and argent is is allison's dad and everyone the fandom really wants Sheriff Stalinsky and Melissa McCall to get together. And, like, it's rabid, like, that they want them to get together. But I will tell you this. This last couple of episodes when they, when, when Argent and Melissa McCall have been like, having, like, oh, the gentlest touch of hands and, like, the quietest lingering glance, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm into it. I am into it. I want it to so happen. So you're basically saying there could be this, like, massive shipping war. It could be. And that's... No, those... Those never end well. Well, they've already had Stalia and Malia, or and, and Stalia and Stalia and and Stalia because everyone wants like because because Scott is, okay. Styles <laughs> was puppy in puppy love with Lydia forever and ever and ever. Right. But when Malia showed up, he started dating her. Mm -hmm. But like apparent, but Lydia and Styles are like end game. You know, everybody knows that those are the two. And then there was this whole, like, Steric thing when Derek Hale was still around. And, like, Dylan O'Brien is such a charismatic actor that everyone he's on screen with, he has a really strong chemistry with. Mm -hmm. And Taylor Hochin played Derek. And from from Supergirl, he played... Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, right. And he's, like, 
brooding, sexy on this show. Not on not on Supergirl. He was great, Carl Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. But on, on Team Wolf, he's like brooding and sexy and like very very like annoyed with Styles all the time. And Styles is quirky and like fidgety and like falling all over himself. And their chemistry was so strong and sexual and musky <laughs> that they were like, those two dudes are going to fuck. Though, and then like it got so bad. It seriously got so bad. That I think that's why Tyler Hoechlin quit the show. Really? Because like they like they were trying to give him love interests and people were just not having it. They were like Styles and Derek. Styles and Derek. And so <laughs> so like now there's Lydia, which is Styles and Lydia's right. shippers, and then there's Stalia, which are Styles and Malia's shippers. And I think that the Stalidia people are gonna win because obviously, like Lydia spent the entire season like wandering around saying, I have to find Styles because right. I love him. Of course. Which is something she's never admitted before. Mm-hmm. But also, like, they're cute, they're really glossing over a lot. Like, the, the layer of gloss is two inches thick. That <laughs> when Styles disappeared, he was dating and sleeping with Malia. Maybe not actually having the sexuals with her, but she would come and sleep in his actual bed. So what you're basically saying here is that we are, when everyone gets their memory back, yeah, it's going to get complicated. <laughs> yeah, and when it, Styles ever comes back, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, okay, interesting. Um, and, but anyway, all that goes to come back to Melissa McCall and, and Argent. I'm into it. I'm into it, and I'm ready for it. <laughs> So anyway, the challenge has been thrown down by Mr. Adair, and if you disagree with him, then the flame war goes his way. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they they um they save him. Yes, with the with the nine herbs, the nine right. herbs, and and oh, the last thing he was trying to say, Mal was honey, and that's the binding agent. And, she and it out. is actually uh, Gaelic for honey. Oh, it is actually correct. Yes. So so yeah. That's basically what happens in Ghosted. Well, not quite, because oh. then they decide uh, 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 Liam and Hayden, mm-hmm. who are two characters I don't think I saw in the previous episode. Oh, well, Liam is Scott's puppy. Um, he was his first beta werewolf that he ever made. Okay. And Hayden used to be a chimera, but she was dying, so Scott used the alpha bite to turn her into a werewolf to save her life, so she's also part of his pack. Okay. And their boyfriend and girlfriend. And they are trying to figure out a plan to stop the Ghost Riders. And they oh, are right. overheard by oh, right. the Captain Nordic. Oh, yes. Uh, who, who I have been informed is a zombie Nazi werewolf. Yes. And but we I yeah. just want to say that's not a combination you get all the time. No. And that apparently he was kept last season... In a giant a, tube full of tube liquid. Full of liquid. And the dread doctors drank his goo. And that, you said that. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out a way for the name of the article that this will be published to be something along the lines of drinking Nazi zombie uh, werewolf goo. And I don't think I can, but it sounds really. Um, so that stuck with me. That, and of course, the fact that we had a wonderful shot of a house. I forgot to mention this. There's a house. In the town, the abandoned town, he walks in there. Oh, there's right. two so chairs two in the chairs dining and room no and oh. no table. And it was like, what? What is this? <laughs> the the villains took the, they took the table. 
Well, maybe know. maybe the chairs were the thing that those. It, it was it was like, it was just weird. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So they're trying to figure this out, and they come up with what pretty much everyone around them views as a terrible, terrible plan, mm-hmm. which is to bring back Theo, who is the villain from last season. Yes. To bring him back from hell, where he has right. been sent, and because and they... see if he could use the lightning powers that he stole from another chimera to to be a lightning rod to catch a ghost rider right which apparently doesn't work through some part of the explanation that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me is a thing they think is going to work but doesn't right um also theo knows that the physics teacher is the zombie nazi werewolf no one else knows and technically we don't know in ghost and we kind no we knew i'm not i'm sorry we did know we knew from a previous episode that he was the zombie not because they did a flashback and showed him coming out of the tube and like peeling all his goo crust off. Yeah. And being like super sexy underneath. Although they didn't show us any torso, which I always like, I'm really a, like, Team Wolf's really good at showing the torso when they have a good torso to show us. Well, next episode, Heartless, there yes. is a torso scene. Yes. Deputy um, Parish. Deputy Parish. And. Yeah, so the basic premise here is they've got Theo back. People are coming back from uh, Canaan. Yes. And, well, actually, no, that's not true. At the end of the episode, people come back from Canaan. And they see Theo, and they're like, what the... And they're like... What the what? How? Uh, can I kill him now? Oh, Apparently, really, it's I like the him. line is, yeah. is like three or four deep to kill him, and... Um, well, yeah, technically, he got off easy, because... They sent him to like some sort of purgatory dimension where he was tortured endlessly. Right, because you, as you told me, um, because of the what is it? The what doctors? The dread doctors. Dread okay. doctors. Back when Thea was like ten, they convinced him to allow his sister to die, his older sister to die of hypothermia, so that they could harvest her heart and put it in his body. To start the process of making him a chimera. So, what? Who, who are the dread doctors? What's the dread the deal doctors with were this weird steampunk trio of doctors who use uh, technology, Victorian era technology, and magic, and all sorts of stuff to keep them alive. Mm-hmm. And their whole deal was like they wanted to create the ultimate, ultimate supernatural creature. So and they're... so they were building the chimeras, and that's why they had the zombie Nazi werewolf in the tube, and they would drink his goo, because they were all kind of in the same vein, except the Dread Doctors were, like, super much older. They were, like, from the 1700s. So basically not you're going to be recommended through your HMO. No, or... no. Okay, If sorry. you see Dread, Doctor, <laughs> or Dr. Dread on your, on your, like, this is who you're going to, your doctor form, don't, I don't even don't, know what that's called. It. Yeah. yeah, you just Your need referral? to maybe yeah. not, maybe not go. So okay, um, so yeah, that, that's how the episode opens, basically, where he is reliving the experience. That's of how heartless opens. Letting her die. Yes, he. Well, he were he experiences waking up in a morgue drawer, and then Theo's sister shows up and rips her heart out of his chest, and in the ripping, he then remembers, relives the her dying and him having her heart implanted in him and this happens over and over and over again so many times that by the time they rescue him from this purgatory dimension 
he's already accepted that this is what's happening to him and he just comes out of his drawer and waits for her to get there right right. and he basically says you don't have to stop you can keep doing this it's okay it's okay to kill me which apparently is a way they're meant to try and make us have sympathy for him which is what you were trying to do yes i think that's that's i think that's what i'm seeing is that they're using this as a way to make theo have some sort of the gives theo some sort of sympathy but i will Mm -hmm. tell you this um, I'm, it's going to be super hard because last season Theo was so awful and so manipulative and so like just knew how to get under every single person's skin. And, you know, it was one of those things like the, the, the viewer watched the show and was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and, uh, everybody on the show was like, Theo's great. Theo's great. Have you seen a six pack? It's awesome. And then, and then, but like the only person who did not trust Theo was Styles. Um, and then, like, yeah. So anyway, there you go. Theo's back, and everybody wants to kill him. Malia spends a good time, a good amount of time, just punching him, punching his whole face. Yeah, she's she's enjoying that too. And there's clearly, yeah. and there's definitely a certainty that she would like to be left alone to kill him. Yes. Or not left alone to kill him. She just wants to kill him. She says it. Well, yes, she, she says, will you, some, will you just leave me in the room with Theo for a minute? And whoever she says it to says, why? And she says, I'm going to kill him. So the rest of the episode is kind of spent with, uh, with our group of supernatural teens building a MacGuffin to catch uh, the, the dried rider in the sky. Right. So they go out to this place in the woods with this machine because Theo knows where it is. Because Theo doesn't have the magic electric powers anymore. No. So I look at Dustin and I say... Was this like in a previous episode? He's like, no. No, no. no. So, so, so hang on. In the woods, we have this amazing machine that it's just, it's just there. And Dustin goes, you're looking for the word MacGuffin. <laughs> and I'm like, right. Okay, yeah. there we go. So it's, it's just, but, you know. But this again, like I've had six years <laughs> to get used to this. And this is just a thing that happens on the show. Oh, we need we need a room where we can keep a zombie, a zombified supernatural cowboy. I think I know where that room might be. Right, of course. And and like this this place is like maybe like supposed to be some old generator or something. Right. It's unclear, but it's like covered in ivy and like it's seriously like the first time that they turned it on. The whole room should have burst into flames because of all the dry dry brush in there. <laughs> and then they're like, well, now what are we going to do? We burnt down our thing. Yeah, if it's didn't. on the electrical grid, then somewhere there's a dial doing this. Bang! It's yeah. a slam thing. It's like, what is that doing? <laughs> Some guy's going, uh, boss? Yeah. Uh, we got a problem? And then his boss <laughs> is going, you realize we live in Beacon Hills, right? And they're like, oh, right. It's probably <laughs> werewolves. That <laughs> <laughs> actually, two years ago... <laughs> Two years ago on the show, they did the Lost Boys thing, where like one of the characters was was this character named Danny, and Danny was uh, kind of always in the background. Yeah, he was a background character, but he was in every single episode mm-hmm. as a background character. And he ended up dating one of the werewolf dudes. And at the end, like he's graduating from high school, and he kisses his boyfriend. And he's like, "I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think we should see each other anymore." And he's like, "Why? Is it because you're graduating?" He's like, "No, because you're obviously a werewolf." And, like, the boyfriend's like, what, what, what? And he's like, dude, this is Beacon Hills. We, <laughs> like, if you, how are you not, you know? And that also was one of those things that, like, because 
this is like the supernatural teenagers on the show sit in the library and talk really loudly about how they're supernatural right, teenagers. Yes. So that kind of explains like, oh, almost everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Sunnydale. If you don't know that your town is infested with supernatural creatures, there's something super really wrong with you. So anyway, all that go back to say their MacGuffin is now a room with a chain link fence connected to the electrical grid so that they've got a a, a lightning rod on the roof to right. catch the lightning, which will suck the Ghost Rider into the room. Then they catch him in the cage, and then also he can't because of the lightning rod escape. Apparently, and this is also a plot. This is because nobody knows that the that the uh, zombie Nazi werewolf is, is in fact zombie a zombie Nazi werewolf, except for Theo, but he keeps that under his hat. They just think Theo's he's they just awful. think he's the physics teacher, right? And who who is has been exposed to this and therefore he can help. Right. And so I did not understand their electrical plan at all. No, I didn't either. It basically was, we're going to do a thing. And everyone's like, okay, let's do the thing. Let's do it with science. <laughs> you know? It <laughs> just makes no sense whatsoever. Because it's so great. Because, again, this is one of those times where Tim's looking over at me like, what is happening? And I was like, no, don't, don't think about what's happening. Just, just the story is a, follow the story. Don't think about why, how they're doing this. Don't. Oh God. So yeah, it doesn't work. They capture, somehow they manage to capture the, uh, uh, the ghost writer. And then apparently fail to understand how to close a door. Right. Closing a door looks really, really hard. And I'm looking... Remember when we made f the movie Fetch? Yes. The American Maniacs, okay? We, uh, uh, Dustin was costume designer. I was production designer. Um, remember the cages I built for people? Yes. Okay? Remember how they looked good in a certain way, but you really couldn't, like, grab hold of them and yank on them because they really weren't that sturdy. Right. If you, you you couldn't look at them long right. without going, why didn't these kids kick this apart? Exactly. Right. So, and part, some of that was budget. Some of that was the fact that we were putting people in cages and I kind of yeah. didn't want them to be like massively uncomfortable since they're going to be there for hours. But it's like one of those things where I'm looking at the cage going that they're, they got the thing in and I'm going, well, why doesn't someone just close the door? And they're like, we can't close the door. Oh, no. Ah, get they, my arm caught in there. They get the door closed. And Theo, get... Theo's like pulling it with his arm. And everyone's like, Theo's being like a good guy and stuff. And oh, get your arm out. I'm like, shut the door. Mm -hmm. Why is this so hard? Get, well, first of all, your arm's in the way. Get your arm out of there. <laughs> Yeah. What? Oh, just didn't... they they get it done. They get it done. But then they realize that they can't ask the ghost writer any questions because he ain't got no mouth. After a really terrible special effects sequence, and Dustin quite rightly pointing out that the 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 makeup effects on the show are pretty good. The practical effects. The practical effects. The digital effect of of electricity, magic electricity, I guess, moving along the bars of the cage was not great. It was great. Well, I think the effects came from 1987. So they were actually from the previous episode of Ghosted, and they had escaped the town. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's that could be the explanation there, I guess. But So they call in Deputy mm -hmm. Parrish, uh, who is a hellhound and also a sex monster. Right. And because... apparently he was in the next uh, cabin over or whatever, <laughs> because they're like, we need Parrish. And there, there he is. is. So and like, one of my favorite things about... Here? Parish is that when he uses his hellhound powers, mm -hmm. the 
heat of the fire mm-hmm. burns off all his clothes. Except for the bicycle shorts he's wearing. Right. Right. Because apparently it's, made of well, it's basic cable. So, I... <laughs> you know, we can't, we can't have full on... Because there's a scene where he, like, falls on all fours out in the middle of the woods. And it would have just been just right, sure. ass and balls. Mm-hmm. It would have, you know, so <laughs> we got to have, we got to have something. All right, it's sure. like, it's like the Hulk's shorts, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so Parrish goes and he, he talks to the, to the Dread Doctor and, the, or the, no, the Rider in the Sky. Rider in the Sky, who is not terribly communicative. And he doesn't tell him anything I don't know. He's like, uh, the hunt is the hunt, and the hunt is eternal, and you cannot escape the hunt. And you're hunting, we're hunting your huntedness, yes. so and we, we're going to hunt it's you. Like, well, how do we free someone from the hunt? The, the hunt, the hunt, hunt is the hunt. hunt. The. So, <laughs> uh, eventually, uh, the ghost rider uses his powers of communication to make Parrish want to let him out. And yeah. so they have to fight him out the door. And they fight, I guess they fight him really far away. Because they fight him far enough away where Nazi zombie werewolf shows up. And they are not anywhere near him to see him ha- see this happen. Right. So then he tri- he makes Theo, he like fights Theo and makes him open the cage. And, and then he goes in and eats the ghost riders per de bird Now, so basically you, you have to do is you have to break this. Because they, they put a, a circle of mountain ash. A mountain ash. Mystic or, mountain ash. Right. So basically, in, in it's the equivalent of salt in a magic spell, too. I mean, yeah. it's surrounded by salt. It's, it's a barrier. And so you have to break it. Now, why couldn't the zombie werewolf I it, the... it's uh, it, It's very unclear, considering that Theo does it. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be some sort of supernatural creature himself. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't quite understand that. I'm not 100% sure what the deal with all of that was uh in any event he gets in there and he and the uh, uh ghost rider face off against each other and the ghost rider uh although they took his gun away uh he still has his whip mm-hmm. um, and he goes for the whip and the zombie werewolf nazi sits there and goes i've been waiting for this for a long time and he catches the whip and then he sticks his hand in the back of the thing's head and rips it open and mm-hmm. eats the pineal gland. Now, the pineal gland shows up in a lot of horror films. It's um, it's usually the gland that you, if you pull it out, it's, it has to do with perception. Okay, dope. So, in the reanimator movies and from beyond the, the Stuart Gordon Lovecraft movies. Okay. Uh, it showed up a lot for like, you know, if you... If you stimulate the pineal gland or or something, it, you can enable you to see those other dimensions. So, in the case of the riders being in another place, another dimension, kind of thing, this may actually be connected in some way. And then we, of course, we realize that with these murders happening in the background, well, of course, it was a zombie Nazi werewolf. Who else would it be? Yeah, exactly. I mean, <clears throat> so anyway. Uh, he now has the Ghost Rider's whip, which he uses to uh, dispatch poor, what's his name? Corey. Well, Corey, yes. And I know his name is Corey because it's on Wikipedia. Otherwise, I'm not sure I ever heard his name. Well, and well he may have, but anyway, the one went right Corey, past me. Corey is Mason's boyfriend, and Corey's the only surviving chimera. 
Mm-hmm. Somehow, Corey ended up surviving all of the stuff from last season. And he basically can blend these. Like yeah, a, he's got uh, gecko power. Gecko power. Chameleon yeah, power. Chameleon powers. Uh, and is a little cute gay. Yes, they, the two of them were making very, very sweet eyes at each other. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they are a couple, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course, oh, yeah. Um, mean, meanwhile to all of this, Malia did not want to work with Theo at all. So she went to what Melissa. What with the whole wanting to kill him and yeah. stuff, yeah. She went to Melissa, who, again, only person who works at the hospital is now working in the burn unit. And They uh, weren't even in the burn unit. They're in like some... Uh, no, yeah, it's... <laughs> goes. They go to Peter Hale, who's covered in burns and about to die. But still a deadpan snarker, because they're like, they like both walk in without any protective gear, and he goes, I'm pretty sure that's there to protect me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for following you know, hospital procedure, yeah. and they're like, shut up. <laughs> shut up, Peter Hale. <laughs> Although, again, this is like the fourth or fifth time Peter Hale's been burned beyond recognition on this show. And it's, again, pretty impressive makeup. He looked really terrible. Um, so... So Melissa is like, I'm gonna, I can save your life, but then you have to help us. Mm-hmm. And and Peter's like, What do you know about our medicine? She's like, I know my niners and spices. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> so then she she injects him with it. Oh yeah, and and she took a lot of pleasure in stabbing him in the chest with a needle. I don't know that I want her to be my doctor. She's a nurse. You, <laughs> you definitely don't want her to be your doctor. I de- I know, but I know several nurses who I would who I would consider to be better than some doctors. But still, yeah. she's like her bedside manner. Oh, but she's the, but she's great. She's no, she's, she's one of the best characters. I laughed, and that no, and believe me, Peter Hale deserves it. Peter <laughs> Hale deserves it. Like the first like four seasons of the show, it always came back to. Obviously, Peter Hale did this. Like, like even, like, to the point there was a, okay, okay, I have to stop for a second and tell you a thing. All right. So, uh, at one point, there was a supernatural bounty hunter. Supernatural bounty hunters came into Beacon Hills, mm. started killing off all of the, all of the um, supernatural creatures. And they were given the information by a benefactor, the mysterious mm-hmm. benefactor. Sure. Who is the benefactor? And like this was one of those things where even Peter Hale was like, I, I'm on the list. I don't want to die. I've got to find out who the benefactor is too. Comes to find out that the benefactor was a crazy banshee. Because remember, banshees go crazy. Um, who at one point, Peter Hale shared a room with at a hospital. And he told her, I would just love to get a bunch of supernatural bounty hunters in here and kill off all the supernatural creatures in this town. So she got the idea to do it from him. So even though he wasn't the benefactor, fucking Peter Hale was the benefactor. <laughs> and it was like, and also, like, she's <laughs> insane. Like, but anyway, Peter Hale uh, gets better. And he gets better in that great television way where he, like, is, like, literally burned all over his body. No hair, no ears. Burned. Burned. And when they heal him with the nine herbs and spices, he gets his stubble back. Yep. He gets a full hair of black hair. And his hair is actually pretty well styled. And he's got clothes. Well, I'm sure they brought clothes. Or yes. something. So anyway, uh, they he and Malia go out to the woods to try and find out where he had come back from mm-hmm. the mystical bus station. And of course, he is not really being helpful. He doesn't want to do it. No. He wants to leave town. And but he, Malia won't. And he's not impressed with Malia's, you know... I gotta find styles. And he's like, well, why do you have to find styles? She goes, he's my anchor. And he's like, 
get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, about the time that Parrish is talking to the ghost rider in the MacGuffin, mm -hmm. two other ghost riders appear, and Peter Hale tells Malia to run. He's going to hold them off while she escapes. And then they come And oddly up. enough, this appears to be what he's actually doing. Yes. He's really sending her away because he doesn't want her to get hurt. And he is ready to fight these guys. Well, Peter Hales, again, aside from being the worst and sometimes always the villain, mm -hmm. um, he's also kind of a good guy. It's a weird combination. Aside from, from his, you know, villainous Aside nature. from the fact that he is the worst and always, almost always the villain at the end, he's also a good guy. <laughs> It's complicated. It's complicated. Okay, and um, so he wants to protect her. He wants to sure. save her. And and so as the ghost riders appear and come up on him, that's when zombie Nazi werewolf eats the pernum pernum pernum. And <laughs> and so they're like, oh crap, old, we don't want to be plan. we don't want to be anywhere near this. And they disappear. And he's like standing out in the woods, going, what happened? Okey already. Is that all that happens? Oh no, we have Lydia and and Sheriff Stalinsky as right. well. So, at the end of Ghosted, Sheriff Stalinsky finds a room in his house that he forgot. Right, because it is perfectly normal to forget a room which is probably what twenty by fifteen. Yes. It's fairly big room, um, and this is the behind the wall wallpaper. Yeah, where Lydia's been trying to peel off for. <clears throat> For days. Right. And his Claudia not his, his yeah, Claudia sits there and tells him that the contractors are coming in to fix to wall. fix the wallpaper. And they show us the wallpaper and it's like a, a flap. They yeah. could have fixed it with Elmer's glue. Right. So it's it's a clearly um this isn't well, some contractors get in a lot of money. This is a good scam. I am in the wrong well, apparently we all are exactly so uh so stalinsky pulled off the the wall and found mm -hmm. the door and went in and then he was like uh, there's a whole room here and claudia's like so and she's he's like aren't you concerned at all that we've lived in this house for 18 years and didn't know this room was here and he's like no she's no. <laughs> a little suspicious if at you know yeah so, in the light of things currently. Right. Yes. And so Stalinsky calls Lydia and she comes over and he's like, okay, convince me I had a son. And she's like, I should not have to convince you. <laughs> Obviously you had a son. Everything points to that. And it's like she, of course, with her banshee powers can see like the bed and the table. And like uh, uh, Styles had this whole like almost like murder board set right. up in his room and Which she is watching or walking around in this room touching and holding things to an outside observer this is crazy girl walking around like doing yeah. weird things with her hands and he even says that like you're a very disturbed young woman i'm like i keep i kept waiting for somebody to tell like be like dude half of your friends are supernatural teenagers how did you become friends with all these <laughs> children if you didn't have a child? Yeah. Uh, but nobody ever brings up that logic to him. So eventually Lydia, he's like basically saying, like, why is it so important to you that I remember the son I don't remember? And mm -hmm. she's like, you loved him. And that that's, again, one of the best relationships on the show. The parental relationships on the show are all great. But, you know, Styles and his dad were just like so perfect. 
Well, and you know, that's actually something that's pretty rare. Uh, a lot of shows where you have teenagers as the main characters, it's the parents are absent, or the parents are useless, mm-hmm. or the parents are dangerous. And that's not how this show has ever, ever been. Except for Peter Hale, but he doesn't count. Because um, so, he's terrible, and yet... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, finally, Lydia sees Stiles' lacrosse jersey draped over a chair that neither one of those things are actually present in the room. Right. But she reaches out and she grabs it, and she's holding it, and she says, you don't see this. And he goes, no, I don't. He says, because she basically is like, because you don't want to see it. You, If you see it, you know what that means, which is basically that... Because Cla- she basically told him Claudia's not real. He conjured her up in his, to fill the void, which how he did that... Right. We'll is, probably find out. You later, know, the, but... the the Banshee doing it because Banshee powers hand wave yeah. him. But yeah, he's oh, well, okay, that's easy enough. He's clearly he's a magical creature himself. It will be revealed. It's the final season. You can do that. Sure. So so <laughs> she takes the jersey and throws it at him and he catches it. And then the scales are lifted from his eyes. Right. So but that's the end we see of him, of right. them. So that's going to be a fun couple of moments. Oh, episode 9 is called Memory Found. Uh, episode 8 is Blitzkrieg, which is going to come out uh, in a couple days. Yeah. So, um, we'll yeah. See. Have I, have I, uh, have I sold you on my terrible, amazing, wonderful, convoluted show? Well, I'm entertained, but it's also that kind of weird entertainment where um, it's as much fun to watch the show, but also to lean over and look at you and say, what is going on? <laughs> if you had, if if at some point you can go and start re-watching. Watching it for all from the beginning, yeah. Like, the first couple of episodes were kind of like that, where you're just like, what? And then, but yeah. once you get by episode three, you're in it. And you're just like, done. You're done. Well, but it's entertaining, and it's, you know, there's a it's certain so amount of... It's so entertaining. You know, for... <laughs> there's a whole... It's almost like watching TV shows from when we were teenagers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so the late 80s, you know, early 90s, and, and you know, the teen, high school and college years, yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, there was a lot of pop culture entertainment, which is a lot like this. In some respects, being based on a movie, loosely as though it is, from the 80s, mm-hmm. um, may have something to do with that. I don't know. But it's inter- I was, I, I'm entertained. I also keep looking at you and going, what? <laughs> what is the thing that just happened here? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's entertaining. We'll be back next week with more of it, too. Ah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. we don't come back with the the, the, the walker. The dead walking thing? I think thing. I just had a stroke. <laughs> the walking dead until February, right? I think that's it, yeah. So we've got we've got a few episodes more of this before we're competing with ourselves for time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we did two episodes of this show in an hour. Yeah, There's we did. There's no reason we can't do both. Well, but... and even, even so, we, you know, we record... We record this on Sunday night. So mm-hmm. we may actually, I'm not saying this is going to happen. We're not, do not hold me to this. We could actually put out two episodes a week. Mm. Uh, yeah, we record it on the same night or something, but we could actually put them out and, and make it actually work out pretty well. Yeah. Or or I could come over on a different night as well. What? And, and like you could have another a grown up. Uh, uh, grown up interactions twice? Yeah. In a week? I know. Crazy, isn't it? I don't know about that. <laughs> Any of it. These two grown ups um, are going to live. 
go away, I guess. Yeah. So we will be back next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And you, of course, can find us on iTunes and podcast.com. We are back on podcast.com, by the okay. way. We were off for two weeks off podcast.com for reasons we don't understand. But we are back, and you can find us there. Um, if you do find us at podcast.com or at iTunes, please leave a comment or give us a rating. That tells us that you're listening. That tells us that you're enjoying it. Uh, and hopefully we are entertaining you at least a little bit. I uh, hope so. In any event, we will entertain you next week as well. Thanks for listening, folks. Mm-hmm. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Ha, 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 ha.